This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Mr. Gary McElyay, the head of North American Public Policy Center at the Coca-Cola Company. How are you, sir? Hey, Corey. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making time. I've been excited for weeks about this interview. I'm a huge fan of what you're doing in the world of sustainable packaging. And so thank you. Well, thanks for the opportunity to tell our story and those of many others of our peers who are doing some really exciting things and innovating in this space. Yeah. Thank you so much. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? What got you into this world? Yeah. So I've I've listened to other episodes and what I think is really interesting about this space, especially in sustainable packaging, in policy and design is there's a lot of generalists in this space. And I'm one of those, right? I'm not an engineer or scientist by training. I actually started my career in radio. So this setup that we have today <laughs> feels very like home for me. You've got a great radio voice. So I appreciate I love- that. I appreciate it. <laughs> I So that's, that's where I started my career, working as a radio host, a news journalist in oh. Missouri and New York radio stations. But I had started a career in politics, really volunteering in political campaigns back in college and in high school. I got interested in politics. And after spending a few years in, in working in radio and broadcast journalism, I had the opportunity to work on a few campaigns, which led to several years working in politics. So I served as a spokesperson and worked on several campaigns and for several elected officials in in the policy and political space, which was a great way, I think, like sustainability to learn a little bit about everything. So I like to say, you know, a mile wide inch deep. Well, we can talk about several different in this field. And I think that it's translated nicely for me. And then almost 11 years ago, I had the opportunity to join the Coca-Cola company. So I started in Kansas City, Missouri, managing public affairs, communications for the Coke company. Yeah, in the Midwest. And it was a fantastic opportunity to learn the business and understand that Coke, while a large global multinational corporation operating in well over 200 countries around the globe, We're very local business, and especially in the United States, that's a franchise network of 67 different bottlers who bring Coca-Cola and deliver it and manufacture it in the United States. So working with them and understanding that process and starting in the Midwest was a fantastic opportunity. Ended up moving to New York, spent some time managing public affairs for the Coke company in New York, and then transitioned into government affairs and public policy. So the last several years... I've managed public policy issues, regulatory issues from water, sustainability, health and nutrition, and started this role about two years ago, leading the new North America Public Policy Center. And it's been a fantastic opportunity and journey at the Coca-Cola company to be able to really deliver on our mission to refresh the world and make a difference. I love that. Refresh the world. That makes a lot of sense. That's cool. The Coca-Cola company has been in the news a lot lately in in very good ways in the world of sustainable packaging. We've been talking about this bottle for for months now 
And so it's so thankful that you brought that. Why did they change the bottle from green to clear? Can you can you walk us through that mindset? Yeah. So for those that are listening and not watching, I always come armed with refreshments. So I brought a Sprite for you, Corey. <laughs> this, this transition from green PET to clear PET in our Sprite bottles and other packaging that uh, where we were using green PET, including mellow yellow and other, and other packages in that space, this was a fundamental business decision, right? Yeah. So that while this is doing the right thing, this was anchored in our world without waste strategy. One of the biggest pillars of our world without waste strategy, which I'll talk about in a moment, is based around design. Okay. A big portion of that is we want to incorporate more recycled content into our packaging. We have a goal to put 50% post-consumer recycled content into our packaging wow. by 2030. But we really want to start it with you know what can be a really challenging operational standpoint which is the recyclability of packages so by 2025 we have a goal to make our packages 100% recyclable wow now you could argue that a plastic pet bottle you know theoretically if it's green is recyclable yes, right people it put it in the recycling for those of us that have seen the back end operations of a merf yeah. right <laughs> you see piles of green pet and what I will say, and this makes me really proud about the work of our team at the Coca-Cola company, and especially the marketing and brand teams, is those that didn't come from a sustainability background, when they understood that a true plastics footprint was sitting there with limited value in the circular economy, right. limited end use, right? Yes. And you see this firsthand at a Murph, mm -hmm. you get the understanding that what we need to do is transform our packaging. So we started in Europe and then this year, this summer, we rolled out clear PET bottles for all of our green packaging and replacing and eliminating green PET. That's on our journey to make our packaging 100% recyclable. And I think it's a huge opportunity in the end markets as well, right? To make yeah. more post-consumer recycled content available to incorporate into new packaging. Well said. Amazing. And it comes down to value. How, how much is this material worth when the, when the soda has gone? right? And, and what will the market do with that? And so these PET bottles or the clear is very valuable now with these new companies, more and more companies trying to institute higher PCR levels into their PET material. Right? That's, that's exactly right. And right. And there's design considerations, technical considerations for how, how you make those bottles. But yeah. At our core, right, the Coca-Cola company and our bottlers, we're consumer centric yeah. and we're looking to the consumers how, you know, and how we make and sell Coca-Cola products. Yeah. So if that's a smart water or a Simply Juice, mm -hmm. uh, a vitamin water or Dasani, we want to make sure that we're thinking about that entire consumer journey. And what we know about consumers today is they want more sustainable packages. Right. PET bottles are highly recyclable. Moving to clear PET is a way to let consumers know that. And you'll see that in our latest Sprite marketing campaign, where we actually talk about the <laughs> bottle directly to consumers I love and that. why the change. Yeah, I think I saw an ad on my way here that said, new drip, same sip. That's right. I thought that was really, really neat tagline for uh, Sprite. So yeah, well done, marketing team, Coca-Cola company. <laughs> we're, we're so proud of the team. And, and really, the, we talk about a networked organization that sustainability doesn't sit with a yeah. team of technical experts or public affair or, pol or policy folks. Right. This is a network sustainability team that we have that crosses through brands and marketing. And, mm -hmm. and that's been a tremendous learning for us. It's really the power of collaboration and the power of the network. It's amazing. 
What what's your favorite Coca-Cola product? Oh my goodness, this is the toughest question you'll ever ask. So I know the, you have a lot of brands. We we have several brands. <laughs> I will say Aha is one of my favorites. Uh, okay. The sparkling water. I love our Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, maybe oh. the best Coke out there, and right. the cherry version of that is fantastic. Oh. Love cherry Coke. Yeah, so really really good. Yeah. Great Coke taste, zero sugar in the cherry version. So those are two of my favorites. But uh, you'll if you walk out to our fridge in the garage, you'll see one of almost everything <laughs> you like to dabble huh? we do we do indeed yeah that's excellent what a cool job to have and get to bring all those home for your family it's it's very cool because you know working for a a global organization that you can walk to almost every country and people identify that unique coca-cola script but also the packaging and how we deliver that that's a complex process right yeah. from ingredients to sourcing refrigeration delivery distribution yep. and it requires a lot of responsibility and to see the way our bottlers and our teams work together on that to do it in a sustainable way yeah. with loved brands done sustainably mm -hmm. um, that's truly where you bring purpose to life excellent you mentioned policy earlier and you're doing your part by making things more recyclable, higher PCR content. Are you seeing the government stepping in with policies that are making packaging more sustainable as well? Sure. So we're seeing we're seeing a really ramped up, accelerated policy Good. dialogues. I would say around collection policy in particular. Right. Excellent. We now we now sit in the United States at the time of this recording with I think four extended producer responsibility laws on the books in Maine, Oregon, California with SB 54 passing, and then Colorado. Had you said 10 years ago, will an EPR bill pass in the United States, right? <laughs> there were questions about right. where producers would be, where packaging manufacturers, where governments and NGOs would all stand. I think Colorado in particular was a moment where you saw brands, governments, NGOs, packaging manufacturers, and consumers really coming together and saying, we can develop a system that will truly drive circularity. Uh, we've There's also bad policies out there, right? <laughs> so let's not kid ourselves. There are being as EPR. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen you know a mixed bag of collection schemes over the last 50 years across the globe. Yep. But I don't think that should dissuade us from saying policy can be one of the biggest levers to both incentivize design for recyclability, yes. but then also to drive collection of materials to ensure that we're getting them back and creating that true circular economy. I agree. Oregon, where I live, was the first state to institute a, a, a bottle deposit system. And one of 10 states only out of 50, which is to me way too low. Do you think other states will implement that? Yeah. So we've seen continued discussions around both bottle expansion in the 10 deposit return system states. Yep. And then we've seen some states actually have discussions around new types of deposit systems, right? Oregon, which you mentioned, is the oldest on the book. I think what's really interesting about Oregon's system is you're a coastal state. Yep. This was set up purely as a, you know, as a tool to control litter to mm -hmm. and, and really still address the biggest problem that I think we all have to address, which is keeping plastic bottles out of the environment. Right. Right. What Oregon has become is a true model of circularity, right? Yes. Probably one of the highest performing deposit systems, definitely in the US, if not around the world, more friendly. The yeah. backdrop systems that have been implemented um, have been really, really interesting with incredibly high return rates, right? And I think a lot of the, a lot of attributes of that policy model make a lot of sense. Yeah. We also know, and I think you know better than most, Corey, there's not a silver bullet, right? There's not a one-size-fits-all solution for infrastructure and consumer acceptance. So we have to work on that. And we have to really understand 
where what are the benefits of Oregon and then some of the systems that are underperforming right. that are that are quite literally the same deposit rate or or you know work in this in a similar fashion yeah. how do you improve those along the way and not let those be an impediment to good policy moving forward so yeah. I'm really I'm really excited by the work that several NGOs are doing the discussions that you have on this pretty frequently on the podcast yeah. and then the work that brand owners are doing to really step up and say we have a responsibility to be collaborative with governments yeah. Well said. And it, it it all has to work together, right? It's the brands, it's the consumer, it's the government, and everyone needs to pitch in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one of the announcements that you made was that Coca-Cola company will commit to 25% reusable yeah. packaging materials. Awesome. I'm so excited to hear that. When I read that on LinkedIn, I was thrilled. Can you walk us through a little bit of, of that and how you're how you're moving to that? Yeah. So package package list delivery is nothing new for the Coca-Cola company, yeah. right? If we think about the history, many of I would say the I'm, I'm not going to say older listeners, <laughs> but more seasoned listeners probably remember returning their glass bottles, right? Of right. Coca-Cola, yeah. and then uh, with the move towards fountain delivery with the Coke Freestyle machine and really awesome innovations in that space, we've seen the opportunity to move to more to more reuse and refill models. So we've set this goal that by 2030, we're aiming to have at least 25% of our beverages worldwide by volume sold in a refill or reusable package, typically defined by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation models on refill and reuse, you know, at home, away from home. This is ambitious for us. And it's an opportunity to (laughs) test and learn. There are some markets right now where in around 20 markets, 50% or more of our sales are accounted for refillables, right? So we've made some tremendous progress in South America in particular in this space with our universal two liter bottle, okay. um, which can be a Sprite, can be a Fanta, can be a Coke, right? And we've seen some really interesting things. Yeah. I think in the US in particular, we have a huge opportunity about around our fountain business and yeah. how we're going to learn and experiment there. So there's some really exciting stuff just north of you in Seattle with refill policies and reuse pilots that are going on. And then we're currently experimenting with our teams in Texas around a traditional glass bottle refill uh, pilot, which is really interesting. And I would say all of these learnings are compiling for us to better understand where the consumers are at, where our customers are at, and then how you really think about the infrastructure, right? That today doesn't exist as broadly as we would need it to in the United States, but there were really unique opportunities for us to collaborate Okay. of expanding this refill and reuse model. And we're, we're, we're excited about it. We're excited <laughs> to test and learn in the space. I'm excited too. And kudos to you and your team. This is a big deal for this industry. And I think you're leading the charge, frankly, in, in the right direction. So that makes sense to start the glass bottle program in Texas, because I know it's very successful in Mexico. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah. That and and our and our pilots taking place in El Paso, right? Yeah. There's a lot of learnings, you know, culturally that yeah. we've taken. And at the same time, it's incredibly complex, right? right. Getting a bottle of Coke to someone's table is something that we don't take lightly. So to do that in the most responsible way possible is always going to be top of mind to ensure that we're doing it sustainably and really thinking about the life cycle of our packaging. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I love how you've printed recycle me on the labels. I went to Disneyland and saw all your really cool innovative Star Wars bottles, and they all said 100% recycled and 100% recyclable. And that's right. That was awesome. 
communicating to consumers is going to be top of mind for us. And I think that we've seen several brands take similar commitments for us, but we're going to do everything we can, including an industry-wide commitment now to remind folks to recycle with the bottle cap on. Yes. So through our work with ABA and our industry partners, we've added this to the top of our bottle caps to remind folks to put the caps back on as they go through recycling. And then having very large, bold, recycle me language on the bottles. But that also comes with some really exciting innovation of, you know, rolling out 100% full RPET Dasani bottles now across the United States. So making some, some really big strides to showcase the innovation, but also connect with consumers on our sustainability journey. And I know that's not easy to do 100 post-consumer recycled material. So well done. You know, it's there are technical considerations, then there are, you know, supply and demand in those markets. And, and you know this really well, Corey. And we continue to think through how we work with governments to, to work on good policies for collection mm-hmm. because we all need more of it, right? right? That also means we have to get smart about how we collect it and working to ensure the best schemes possible to do that. It's amazing. When I interviewed several people about the bottle deposit systems, they told me that when you institute a bottle deposit system, recycling rates double, oftentimes more than double. So do you think that could possibly be a federal law someday? Yeah, well, well, there are dialogues going on today, right? We've There's been legislation, former Congressman Lowenthal had been a champion of, Senator Merkley has had drafts out. There are, there are live dialogues that continue with NGOs about federal collection policy, both EPR and deposit schemes. There's a lot of nuance in that, right? Yeah. There's a lot of supporting policies from minimum recycled content to refill and reuse and things right. that are ancillary to collection, but typically, you know, are holistic in how we have to think about this. So, it's, it's incredibly complex, but you're right. High-performing deposit systems that are well-designed with good policy, with good governance, and ensure that the investments are kept within the system, they can drive really high outcomes. And Oregon's an example of that. There are several other countries around the globe. So I think we're in a, in a really exciting time in the policy space. It's why I love what I do, because <laughs> we're seeing really tremendous momentum of people collaborating and really looking at a single North Star, which is how do we drive sustainability um, in everything we do. Yes, well said. And what a great spot to end at. Thank you, sir. How do people get in touch with you and how do people help the cause of being more sustainable? Absolutely. Well, I'll never miss a plug to tell people to check out our website and be sure to read our World Without Waste stories and see our latest developments and innovations on our website. And you can simply Google World Without Waste and take a look at Coca-Cola's commitments again to refresh the world and make a difference. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. An honor. Appreciate it. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.